We've been uh, on for a minute. Yeah. But I'll sleep oh, have we? if we're ready. Damn yeah. it. Again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to have to erase that herpes part. I think I might do this whole episode in Christopher Walken's voice. So, wow. if anybody has got an issue with the host, it's a good show. Uh, <laughs> it just goes to show. And uh, now she catches more fish than I do, so I'm grown to regret that. That does sail. I was like, man, I really hope I'm not overselling this. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Probably. I was very, very fat. I, was, I mean, I was at least five pounds heavier um, then than I was now. And, uh, you know, we, you know, they you say. You carried it all in your face. <laughs> Whether we're elk hunting or mule deer hunting or whitetail hunting, I mean, that's that's the uh, the epicenter, the, the climax of, of the year, the hunting season for us, the hunting year. Yeah, prime after time. That, yeah. Can he say climax? I did. Is I that, think yeah, I can okay. say that. We, do we have to mute that? <laughs> worse, there's nothing worse than breaking your boots back out again in the spring for shed hunting or whatever it is, and they just smell like the local bowling alleys, rented them out for <laughs> three months straight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I also learned over the course of the weekend that uh, a thigh master can be an incredible upper body workout. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's what I learned. going to bring us in with some music oh man not tonight no not tonight. all right so this is a, a musicless intro to the crave another episode of the crave where uh we we took the long drive up by five where what town are we in uh we're in longview 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 washington don't be afraid to speak up okay we're with uh cory miller cory Milla. Mm-hmm. cory miller owner operator and custodian of Triple X Archery. I found out a long. Th- I remember. <laughs> I remember a long time ago when Triple X Archery also shared a domain, a website domain with some adult film. <laughs> <laughs> I remember calling you and Dustin and being like, "This is like you know, ten years ago." And like, um. I think your web address might be corrupted because <laughs> yeah. I'm getting a lot of, uh, well, I mean, I don't find it offensive, but there's some adult actresses that are, you know, on your, on your website. Cause triple yeah. X could have some other meaning and some other walks of life, but yeah, it's good to, uh, yeah. good my to oldest, you. my oldest son sent me a message and said, Hey, have you Googled images of triple X archery? <laughs> I said, yeah, most of them are of me. Yeah. <laughs> but this one definitely is not. not. Uh, so no. it's so it is just you know for the most part archery related products. The yes. the adult yes. store has been. We shut do down have there. the lost customer come in. Yeah. at least twice a year. Yeah. It's, where's where's your porn? Where's, <laughs> where's the back room? You got the you got a curtain uh, back here or something? Yeah, I, it was funny because I thought I thought it was a prank phone call. The guy called and <clears throat> asked if we had any edible lube. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, and oh, I'm wow. like, I'm like, yeah, sure <laughs> do. And he's like, well, how big a container? Is <laughs> <laughs> And and I'm still thinking it's a joke, and yeah. I'm, so I'm playing along with it. I'm like, oh, it's 
you know, like gallon size. And <laughs> he's like, well, what flavor? And I'm like, uh, what flavor do you want? And he's like, cherry. And I'm like, yep, we've got that. And oh, he's no. like, all right, well, I'm coming over the bridge. Oh, no. <laughs> and wow. so I'm honestly yeah. thinking it was a joke. And, and so I'm in the, in the range and they're helping a, a customer. <laughs> and I hear the door open up and I, I hear the guy talking. And then he, I hear the door shut. And I'm like, oh, crap. That was really a customer. <laughs> yeah. oh like gosh. for the other building. And so like he walked up and down the sidewalk and then came back in and just kind of stood around. And, and he said, uh, so that's that's all you do here is archery? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, it was kind of an awkward moment. but Yeah. Yeah, I could have swore it was a prank phone call, but yeah, get all kinds. I think you get a password on that one. Yeah, we're in uh, we're in Longview, uh, Longview, Washington, with uh, with owner of Triple X Archery, Corey Miller, and uh, got I did a little bit of research on you. I mean, obviously we have we we go back a ways, but there's always something that you know people uh, don't reveal that. That you can generally find on the internet. So uh, I was, you've been doing a lot of running, and uh, we were talking a little bit about your long distance running. You shed quite a few pounds, but did not realize Corey Miller body double for Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, I thought I recognized that behind. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Are you, are you the ass guy? <laughs> <laughs> are you the ass guy? Wow. <laughs> Fresh information. <laughs> Usually those wow. come up in the credits, but the credits are going so fast. They go fast. You don't wow. see. And most of the time, those are those are fake names. So yeah. congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Very tone. Yep. Very. T- That's off. <laughs> those to are you runners' there. legs. That's yeah. off to you there. Glutes. <laughs> uh, but as usual, we're here. Uh, Jake Siegel. Um, uh, I not a lot of people know, but I was born with uh, both an over and underbite. <laughs> kind of equal themselves out. <laughs> A lot, of, a lot of cosmetic work as a youngster, but got that fixed. So, uh, but Jake Siegel, Nate, uh, Nate Bailey, um, also joining us. John Eastburn Present. around the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so, um, are you getting feeling weird? No. Oh, no, the eye contact. Uh, yeah. Well, see, it's interesting because uh, Nate also uh, your your men of archery uh, calendar. Mr. June over there. So he's very nice. He's very yeah. uh, June's a good month. That's right. It's a hot month. It's, hot. it's, it's a hot, hot month. month. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's you want to expand on that photo shoot at all? It's a moist lathery. No, yeah, you go to uh go to Corey's website. He's got it on, yeah. on sale. Um, <laughs> use the promo code yeah. Nate. Uh, get ten percent off. <laughs> it was interesting because you were only wearing a uh, finger tab. <laughs> 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 It's reander. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, John Eastburn, the the, the thictator, is I've uh, uh, I just gave you a new nickname. We're gonna call him the thictator. Happy to be here. Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, uh, you know the worm. What did I do? The, the, oh yes. You're familiar with the worm dance? I, you know. Well, I don't know if it's really a dance. More of a move. World record holder John Eastburn. It's a sport. Worm. Yeah. It's a sport. And there's people out there that are very passionate about it. Forty nine and a half worms uh, before breaking. Yeah, and uh, de- a pelvic issue. depending on the size of a person's torso, that could be anywhere between <laughs> 30 to 100 feet. And uh, mine was 
right under 100. Yeah. So, yeah. It's pretty, nice. it's good pretty work. amazing. It's good work. Yeah. yeah. It's flat ground, too. Downhill's cheating. <laughs> so it was good. It was good. Grass or concrete? Uh, we do it on turf. Okay. We do it on turf. Yeah, you got to pad up. Otherwise, you just get those turf burns. Yeah. Oh, sure. Where do you Is put it? Like, I always wondered where you put yeah. everything. Turf toe. Where do you put everything? Was it like a you know a Silence of the Lamb situation where you're tucking and lifting things behind, or um, how does that work out? Well, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of athletic tape, double sided tape, yeah, double sided, yeah. And um, you know, professional sports these days, some people wear a cup, some people don't. You got to wear a cup, yeah, when you're doing the worm, long distance worming. Pack it in, long distance worming. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah, we're we're lobbying it uh lobbying for it to be uh, olympic sport in the 19 yeah. yeah nice so cool well yeah uh Happy cool to be here. everybody's uh <laughs> present and uh a little bit uh, more the wiser so yeah. uh but Corey, uh we you know we we've known you for a long time um probably one of the more prolific archery shops in the northwest i'd say um do you want to just kind of give yourself an intro and let you know, let everybody know how you got into archery and, and uh, what you do, where you're at, what you sell, all that, that jazz. Yeah. Um, I started shooting a bow, I guess I was... Well, that's maybe a little bit too far back. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, I, think I, was, I think I was actually about 12 or 13 yeah. and uh, um, didn't grow up in a real hunting family. Uh, my dad had hunted apparently before i was born you know so i remember seeing some racks in the <clears throat> in the garage and stuff but locally here uh, up here in st helens oregon yeah so um wasn't really exposed to hunting uh had a friend who him and his dad hunted and they bow hunted and i went over and shot bows with them and stuff and decided i wanted to get a bow and got a bow and being the competitor that i am probably was only about a year, year and a half, and I started going to tournaments and shooting and got in the competition side of it and kind of did that for quite a few years and uh, ended up hooking up with Dustin, and uh, we decided to open a shop in, what was that, 2006, five somewhere in there? Um, then I think about 12 years or whatever ago. So... Um, since then, it's just me, Dustin kind of has kids and other things to do and started fishing again. And mm, so that's Dustin Stansbury. Stansbury. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a fishing guide now. Yep. I doing mean. fishing and kids and sports yeah. and coaching or helping all that and busy life. Yeah. So. Well, what did you do before you, uh, got into archery or at least opened? For work? Yeah. Or just, um, I worked, uh, for Safeway uh grocery for mm -hmm. uh, i think 15 18 years and uh and then i was actually working at a paper mill when uh when we decided to open the shop so it worked out pretty good you know i'd work four on four off so had kind of time to to do a shop yeah i guess half ass <laughs> and and work and 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 stuff so Eight days a week. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And so, still, now yeah. I just do it all at yeah. one place now. So, so owning an archery shop uh, that goes without saying, you're very wealthy. Right? Yes. You're a very rich man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, every um, archery owner I know, archery shop owner, 
I mean, very well to do. Yep. Yep. Rolling in it. Yep. I have a rich Making, wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually the case. Usually yeah. they come for money. They have a spouse that makes money. Yeah. Yep. So, well, I mean that. So that obviously it's a it's a passion. For it you. is. You know, it's it's. Um, yeah, it's definitely challenging. Um, but yeah, it's 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 not a way to get rich. That's for sure. But. You know, I mean, I'm I'm happy. I'm fine. I'm not one to feel like I really need to make a ton of money. You know, as long mm-hmm. as I can do the things that I want to do, and and I'm happy, and um, uh, it it does allow me to do the things that I do enjoy, which is you know hunting, and um, you know I don't have as much free time as I wish I had, and the the tournament archery has definitely gotten less and less mm-hmm. as the business grows and grows. So. Mm-hmm. But now you guys moved. So your first building was, and Nate and I, we, we came up, I guess I didn't realize you were in business that like we were, we were up here one of the first few years you were in business. Nate and I came up and did, uh, we were both kind of fresh to the West coast, at least West coast hunting. And you and Dustin took us out to do some Roosevelt elk hunting, which was pretty fun. But you guys were in a, what was that? It was a, it was an old, uh, meat locker, you know, game processing, cattle processing uh, barn basically the regulation mm-hmm. of the heat and uh, was cooling zero. was, was yeah. pretty tough I remember yeah, yeah. yeah. It, uh, it was challenging yeah um, but it was a start and it was actually you know the layout of the building was, was great the parking was terrible mm-hmm. the location of the building was terrible and the heat was terrible <laughs> uh, everything else was really great yeah. Uh, was there a, I mean, did you see, I, I, and again, you know, just for a little bit of background, John, I mean, everybody around this table has been in the archery industry. We've worked for an archery manufacturer for, for many years. Um, and John still does. And, and obviously Corey, you own your own shop, but, uh, it seems like so many shops you talk to have started out of necessity, usually because either a was just a passion for somebody and they were, they were good at it. They were like a good mechanic. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, working on bows and and cars, there's always a lot of parallels, um, Mm -hmm. being at the mechanics and even the marketing and sales of it is very similar. It takes very similar paths. Um, but did you find that, you know, opening your shop, you and Dustin, was it a necessity because there was nobody else doing it and you thought you could capitalize on it or, you know, no, um, you know, because I think, honestly, I do think we're lucky out in the Northwest of actually having really good shops. You know, you hear mm-hmm. all the horror stories of, on, you know, archery talk of, you know, all these bad shops. And I think that's due to shop on top of shop on top of shop. And, um, you know, out here we're, we are spread apart a little bit more. So I think we have some good shops. It was more of... A passion, honestly, a passion, and um, you know, people constantly tell me you should open a shop because I, you know, I'd help people out and God, you really know what you're doing. I wish you would open a shop. You should open a shop. And I didn't know the first thing about business. I don't know the first thing about you know any of that. And where to come up with finances or to to do it. Um, and uh, so Dustin's family was kind of. You know, they they own a lot of businesses and do, you know, have done that and he's managed things before. And so it was kind of like, 
kind of a stepping stone or somebody to hold my hand and say, hey, let's go do this. And so I, you know, was able to do it. Wife was scared shitless, to say the least, (laughs) um, about doing it. And and it wasn't so bad because I did have a a, a real job at the time. So I did have something to fall back on. but it was scary and and fun and but no it was it was just more of a passion honestly and um so and i i i know so many of the people in the industry in the shops because of i was shooting a bow and traveling around to tournaments and stuff that you know so it wasn't it wasn't something that you know these guys are aren't doing it right and i can do it better but um Yeah. And like you said, I mean, shop on top of shop on top of shop, you know, that kind of breeds, you know, people are scratching at every, you know, nail to get, you know, people in the shop, whether Mm -hmm. it be, you know, employees. And I think, I think this, the quality of service goes down in that circumstance. Yeah. And that's definitely not the case for a successful shop out West. You know, you're not going to stay in business very long unless you have, you know, good customer service and you know how to work on the product, mm-hmm. you know, for example, triple X. So I think that's, uh, I mean, that's a reason. I mean, it's kind it's, of, the, there's some ingredients well, It's, it's one of those things successful. too. It's a, it's a double-edged sword. You know, the, the busier I get, the harder it is to be able to, to give the service, to be able to, to, to give a lot of time on one-on-ones and, and that's frustrating because, you know, I really truly believe that that's probably one of the biggest things of why you know we've been as successful as we have been is is the service um mm-hmm. being in a small town and and kind of a small shop and you know guys could come in and sit down and get some really good one-on-one time for you know sometimes hours on end and mm-hmm. it gets busier and busier and it just gets harder and harder to to do it um yeah, yeah so that cuts it's, in on hunting time. Cuts, I know it does. No, it don't. <laughs> <laughs> I still have the key to the door. Yeah. I still yeah. can lock it. Well, that, you know, you make a, a good point. And that's kind of like I was drawing that parallel between, uh, you know, mechanic, car mechanic. I mean, for, you know, archery and, you know, tell me what you think about this. But, you know, you still have one of those products where uh, consumers – have to come in. They don't have to. And obviously online sales, I'm sure we could, we can talk about that a little bit later in the podcast, but for the most part, um, you know, people are kicking tires or whatever. They're going to, they need to come in and, and get fitted or shoot a, shoot a bow. Um, and you know, it's rare now to do in today's digital age and, and online sales is that you have a product where, uh, brick and mortar stores are still really important. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I don't know any other industry that Probably is, porn shops might be the other one. Well, that are really hands-on. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is that. Um, like I say, hands-on of, yeah. of, you know, it goes from, you know, teaching a, a first-time yeah. shooter or, mm-hmm. you know, talking about hunting and, and helping a guy out on tuning. There's just endless amount of, um, service mm-hmm. that is provided or so you said hunting do people do you find a lot of people coming in saying you know like hey i want to get into archery and i want to shoot a bow but then you know the 
conversation kind of migrates towards, well, how do you call elk and, you know, how do you hunt deer? And, you know, I got these deer in my backyard. I mean, how, how do I go? I mean, you know, where it's. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all kinds of different Mm -hmm. questions about, you know, uh, about that, you know, but mainly it's, it's for out here, you know, still the biggest thing is elk. Mm -hmm. And that's still my biggest passion too, is, is hunting elk. So there is a lot of questions on, on, um, you know, how to call elk and, you know, how to set up on elk, you know, just how to elk hunt. Um, there's so many different things, but yeah, it, it stems from every part of it. I mean, there's, you know, how to shoot a release to mm-hmm. how to call an elk in, how to tune a bow, mm-hmm. um, how to backpack, how to hunt wilderness type of stuff. Uh, it's just endless kind of questions and, and teaching, you know, which you don't go buy a car and yeah, they teach you how to drive it. It's kind of different, you yeah. know, it's so, um, well, and that, you know, you, you guys started off at, you know, grassroots level and yeah, as you grow, I mean, the whole reason, like you, you used to mention the double-edged sword and that's, I think, you know, we've seen that working on the, uh, manufacturer side a lot, talking to a lot of different dealers that, you know, people get into it because they're really passionate. A lot of times we've heard on the phone with, with dealers, you included, I love teaching new people. I, I love teaching people that have never shot or been in the sport of archery. I love teaching them how to shoot and like kind of seeing their, mm-hmm. you know, that first time expression. Well, the bigger you get, the less time you probably have for that. I imagine that's, it's tough. Cause I mean, it that's is. the whole reason you're in, into it. And then you yeah. know, it, it gets to be such a, a much bigger. Well, come, yeah, definitely come, you know, July and August, I get definitely cranky. And it's, and it's, you know, it is just really, it just eats me up because I feel so rushed and panicked um, because it's so busy. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not why I do the shop. You know, I like being able to sit down and talk and help people and, and, you know, and then get those pictures or those thank you letters of going, you know, hey man, you tuned my bow or you taught me how to do that. And I call the bull in and, you know, those, those are what it's all about. But those, like I said, you know, come that later part of the year, it's just, it's just chaotically rushed and, mm-hmm. and it, it bugs me a lot. <laughs> do you think that's because a lot of consumers just kind of wait to the last minute? Yeah, um, you to know, get it ready, because like, our season here. I mean, but we do it. I mean, it's just it's just us in general. I mean, I'm the same way. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going on a trip and I'll pack. When I get ready to go hunting. I'm packing the day before. Mm-hmm. Other people, there's a few people that will pack. You know, a week ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> not me. I like the yeah, not me. Either. You know, and it's Christmas shopping. It's everything. Yeah, you know, Christmas is always the same time every year, but we all wait till the last minute. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's part of the business. Sure. Um, but. That's got to add to some of your frustration. I mean, uh, you, you make a good point to just the general public, people, you know, of today, they expect everything from their smartphones to their uh, their cars. I mean, everything, any information that they want or product for that matter. I mean, you can order something online now and have it 
like delivered that afternoon or the next day of groceries. People are doing groceries where you get and you can buy milk online. So, you but know, it, here it, we're kind of stuck in archery. It's, it's interesting what, because I think, but that's what saves archery. Yeah. Is it, because it it's, it's such a hands-on experience of, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and granted there's a lot of people that, that realize, well, Hey, yeah, I bought this online and, and now I got to, figure it out or you know there's some people that are self you know and i was kind of one of those people i think you know where i just did a lot of my own work i didn't you know it was just but that's was my passion um just same thing with computers i mean there's Mm -hmm. people that fix their own computers i I have no idea how to do that stuff somebody else is fixing that thing for me yeah we just call nate for that yeah Okay. <laughs> so if you need a good computer yeah. guy, Nate's, uh, Nate's good. Good. If it's my own, then my wife fixes it. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's one of those. The last guest we had on, uh, you know, plumbers, uh, plumbers' toilets always broke, you know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, we talked about before we went, uh, well, before we started recording, you know, like you talk about how little you shoot or at least the passion for shooting, not hunting. Hunting passion seems to really never go away. No, uh, it's but the shooting the is, the shooting passion is definitely not there anymore as far as competing, um, and I think it's just being a competitor, seeing yourself shoot at a level at at a point of your life, and then not being able to put forth the effort that it takes to to be at that level. Um, it's extremely hard to go and shoot below your ability. And everybody's always like, oh, just go shoot and have fun. And shooting good is really fun. Shooting bad is just not fun um, when you've shot good majority of your life. And um, like I was saying, I just, to me, it's, it's, it's time for me to probably step away from the target side of it until I get that hunger back. And, um, I was finding myself more frustrated at the end of the day than, um, being rewarded by taking a day off of work or, um, you know, I'd, I'd rather be at work than, than go out and shoot my bow poorly. And, and so I was just tired of being frustrated. And and the lack of the passion is 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 not helping that part. So I still enjoy all the people of the tournament world, and and uh, you know if I have a time off, I'll probably go. You know if if I go, I go. Is he under there snoring, or is it? No, no, he's, oh. he's around I the thought, corner. I, I thought I, I, thought I, kicked, oh. I thought I kicked him. No, no, I think he's in the other <laughs> he's room. He's in the other room. Oh, yeah. he's snoring yeah. out loud. Yeah, people that yeah. Uh, are listening. You probably can't pick it up, but Corey, uh, you have now. You're a pretty famous feller. Not as, as famous as Casper. Not as famous no. as your uh, who's Casper? My bulldog. Your husky, uh, thick bulldog. Yeah. He goes. So Casper's goes what seventy seventy five seventy seven pounds right there. So you sell uh, you sell mountain ops in the shop, right? Yeah. Are you supplementing your dog food? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He, uh, he's on Magnum. <laughs> yeah. uh, it all makes sense now. Way, too, way protein. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, if if you uh, follow Corey on Facebook or any of the social platforms, you probably see more. Does Casper have his own social page? He does. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. So follow Casper at uh, where at? He's just Casper Miller on 
yeah. on Facebook there. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> he has over. He has definitely more followers <clears throat> than the Crave podcast. Does. Uh, I, I, yes. I would. <laughs> yeah. I would. Bet Rightfully so. That. Yeah. So we're um, gonna ask Casper <laughs> to share our page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <clears throat> in fact, um, some people in the community that I ran into on our way up here said, you know, Casper accounts for forty to fifty percent of the foot traffic. He does well, and, and which is a great he, reason to have have a bulldog. When my wife has the day off, and then he stays home with her, and so yeah, it upsets customers definitely. They'll come yeah. in. I just came in to see the dog. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's but, yeah. but he brings brings them in. Yeah. yeah. Could I interest you in some uh, cherry lube <laughs> while you're here? <laughs> <laughs> so what do you uh, what do you what do you sell? What do you uh, you know? I mean, talk to us a little bit about archery in 2017 and compared uh, to what it was like in 20 uh, 2005 when you yeah, guys started. Yeah, when we started, we just we were uh, we were just two bow lines at that time. We were. Uh, Botech and Hoyt dealer at the yeah. at that time. What did you so why'd you pick those lines or I mean what uh, I get you gotta start somewhere, right? Uh, yeah. I mean back then too there wasn't um there wasn't as many lines as there is today, but you know, uh it was still I felt, you know, you have to have at least one or two of the major lines. Um you know, there's really four major companies out there. And uh so who are in your mind? Uh, this is never controversial. So yeah. What do you so think? PSE, uh, <laughs> PSE. I think it's PSE, Hoyt, Matthews, and Bowtech are mm-hmm. are the top four major bow companies. And then there's a lot of other bow companies out there that are, you know, splitting that pie. Um, and so that's what we started out with was the two lines, and then. Um, I think we picked up a line here and there that just, you know, tried to grow it and it didn't really work out um, with some of those other smaller lines. And then um, we ended up bringing PSE in. And uh, so then we we were with those three lines for quite a while. And then um, we went down to just PSE and, um, and Bowtech. Yeah, I think that was in 2000. Eight or nine, ten, somewhere in there, mm. probably ten. Um, and then uh, end up picking up Elite, and then picked up Prime, and then uh, I just picked up Obsession. So now we we've got five, six, I guess counting Diamond, six lines. Um, and and it's it's kind of changing. You know, the industry is changing because there's there's a lot of good high end bows, and so now it's it's kind of getting pretty even across the board as far as, you know, the Bowtech sales, PSC sales, Elite sales, and Prime sales as far as the high-end bows. Um, I think where why the other four major companies are still the four majors is because they have a complete line, you know, from, you know, a 299 bow to a $1,400 bow and everything in between. So. What is the segment that you are seeing that's probably growing the most in the last few years? Um, as far as uh, price point goes, no market segment. You know, is it? Oh, which kind of can go hand yeah. in hand. But is it kids, women? Uh, well, know. for me, it's 
None of that, really. Um, you know, when the Hunger Games came out, I think the, the inner city stores, mm-hmm. you know, just went off the hook with women and kids. Right. Um, for us out here in the, a little bit more of the rural district, I mean, all the kids have already seen a bow before. They understand hunting and um, we're more of a hunting community out here versus the recreationally target shooters so i haven't really seen a whole lot of a change in it um so it to me now it's i guess the the change is um more of the backcountry stuff information of hunting harder hunting further hunting um uh, being a little bit more picky about what arrow am I shooting, how much front and center, a little bit more techie, I guess, mm-hmm. on that side of stuff. There's a lot more information about everything out there now with, you know, with umpteen mm-hmm. different podcasts and stuff. You know, the, the information is getting out easier to yeah. people. And so more and more people are listening and, and having questions and, and calling and coming in, asking things. Now, do people um, seek you out? Because, you know, you're, you know, you're known, you've been on other podcasts and you've been doing this long enough that, you know, you pay attention to that sort of thing. And, and as far as being a wealth of knowledge, again, it kind of goes back to a mechanic of a car, you know, uh, people seek you out. Do, are you people seeking you out for that information? You know, do you notice that coming from different parts of the state or even Well, yeah, state? I mean, I get, you know, um, I, I get probably two to four phone calls a day on arrows from all over the country. Yeah. Alabama, Florida, you know, Wisconsin, really Texas. Um, you know, and a lot of those people, you know, and I think um, are back East who don't have knowledgeable elk hunting staff at their stores. One um, are taking these trips to come out and do an yeah. elk hunt and so you know they have seen me on a podcast or whatever and know we're out here hunting elk and so yeah. trust you and want to call about making sure they're getting the right setup for an arrow setup to, yeah. to kill an elk mm-hmm. well so much of that stuff's applicable to whatever you're hunting whether it's hogs or whitetail or whatever mm-hmm. you know i mean you know not to yeah, hunting big game, I guess there's probably more attention to detail, which you guys agree, um, as far as, you know, kinetic energy and momentum and that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Yeah, there you can know. be. I mean, it depends on the it, person. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, it's definitely the industry's changed. I mean, it, it, it used to be about light and fast, and now mm-hmm. it's definitely about more forgiving and, and heavy and yeah. front of center is definitely, you know, I don't get – a whole lot of guys talking about speed and how fast and how light can we make my arrow. Right. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. what's well, my FOC? You know, mm-hmm. how heavy is this arrow? What's you know, what's my kinetic energy? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a pretty big change too since you like since you opened yeah. the shop. I mean yeah. bows have I mean it's thirty, forty, fifty feet a second kind of across the board span speed increase since yeah you know those early days yeah yeah and you know and um i think people realized that they didn't shoot the the speed bows as well sure Um, speed's not free 
something gives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whether Doesn't really be the draw cycle, the hold, the, the aim, um, the inconsistency of just the shot. Yeah. The thing I like about a speed bow is I can just slow it down. Yeah. I can throw heavy arrow. Make it feel really I can nice. throw it heavy. Or back the poundage down. Back the poundage down. Yeah, make that's, it feel nice. That's sort of, sure. I was like, I would rather work easier than harder. Right. Um, I can pull 10 pounds less and still shoot faster. Yeah. <laughs> we're, sure. you know, we're, those, go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was just, no, are please. those, uh, uh, are the potential listeners of those other podcasts, are they seeking you out, just Googling you up, or are those guys posting your your personal cell phone at the bottom of the the page on the podcast like like no i i I think they do (laughs) they no i think they are seeking you know they are actually looking and and doing um you know finding out who this mountain man is well i wonder if they're hitting images yeah in their their searches it could be oh i gotta call this guy (laughs) (laughs) he might be stumbling upon you on accident and looking for other stuff Uh, yeah I want to know. I know a lot of women named Corey. What, what, what spine that is? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> we and were talking about bow setup uh, on the way up here a little bit, and we were kind of curious as to your thought on on. Are, do you think obviously there's been a lot of advancements on bows and cams and and different types of cam systems in the last you know especially seven eight years it seems like. Um, but do you think setting up a bow today? Even though they do have a higher yield, a higher speed rating, most of them do than they did ten years ago. Uh, is it easier, or is it more difficult? Obviously, I think it's easier. Bows. Do you? Okay. Oh yeah, I think I definitely think it's easier. You know, the engineers are getting better about how to place the grip, where to place the grip, the angles of the grips. Um, the limbs have gotten better. String material has gotten better. Uh, you think string? And me personally, I think something that's overlooked all the time you know when people have a bow is is the string because it's not it's probably not the sexiest part of the bow you know that people always like to talk about the cams and the you know the riser design and and uh you know how fast it is and you know whatever if it's a split limb or solid limb bow but to me (laughs) the string and cable quality is by far the most important piece of the puzzle what do you think um yeah it, I mean, it is. I mean, if it's not stable and it's constantly changing, yeah. then, you know, the bow's only going to be in tune for that long. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, string material, they keep coming up with different materials, but we all keep going back to the same stuff, it seems like. What's your go-to? 452X. You, you make your own, right? Mm-hmm. What, what 452X BCY. How do, you, how do you market those strings? If I wanted to go out and I wanted to buy a set of Corey I, Miller strings, I'm thinking more like a mauve and yeah. like light yellow yeah. combo speckle, maybe a yeah. black speckle. Yeah, yeah. I can you, do it. <laughs> I, I really don't. Pumpkin wood like, just for the shop. Are you building yeah, custom strings for I, the no, shop? You're I, just, I pretty much just try to stick to the yeah. shops because you'd be swamped. Because man. well, it, it is. The other thing is, is as you two know that not all the specs that are put on the stickers of the bows are correct um erroneous fallacy erroneous (laughs) everything that comes from a factory is dead on accurate and so for me i want to have the control to where i can build it and if it's not right i can fix it before i call the customer up and have the customer come in and say Oh, hey, here's your bow. You know, I send send out strings, and the guy puts them on, and things half inch out of time because 
the specs are wrong on the string, on the bow itself. Mm -hmm. So I would rather know ahead of time before the customer comes in that that, that is fixed and understood. Um, and it's part of, you know, I just would rather just build strings for my customers that are coming in um, than just building strings. I get I get too many other things to do. Yeah. So it's it's actually you're building the string. Mm -hmm. You don't have somebody building it um, for you there. Well, uh, Cody, I got a, a new employee, Cody, yeah. and and Cody is caught on real quick and and helping out and doing strings and mm. so we're both tag teaming on into it. But you know, anymore, like I say, it's 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 getting so busy where you know mm -hmm. I need to either be talking with customers or I'm on the phone with customers. Um, doing that so yeah it's nice to be able to have and trust that he's on top of it but like i said having the bow there and then having the knowledge of understanding what the bow is supposed to do when the strings are on it so we can fix all that stuff so we can build string and mm -hmm. man what is up with this and <laughs> fix it <laughs> and, you know and get it right but um but no i mean originally when we first started it was like hey this will be a great idea when it's slow and and it was. It was a good idea. But now it's it's busy and yeah. So and I don't know. A lot of challenges to uh, to keeping up with that kind of stuff, you know, and keeping up with the you know the level of service, like you mm -hmm. said. So that being said, what's the what's the best thing about being an archery shop owner, and what's the worst thing, in your opinion, for Corey? Um. Doing podcasts would be the worst yeah. thing. <laughs> um, this guy's sleep on my floor, drink all my beer, yeah. eat my food. Yeah. Um, true, true, true. As far as, I mean, there's so many positive things for me, um, but those same positive things are also some of the same negative things. You know, I'm my own boss. Mm -hmm. I make my own decisions. But those same decisions keep me awake at night while I'm laying in bed. Yeah. This bill's due. That bill's due. Did I get that work order done? Did I order that product? Those things um, are the are probably the the hardest part of it, I guess. Um, it never stops. I guess the phone's constantly going at night uh, with social media texts and emails and Facebook messenger, instant messengers. And, and I'm just kind of one of those guys too, where I just feel like if I've read it, I have to respond to it because mm -hmm. I find it rude. Yeah. <laughs> um, sure. So, you know, it, it is very hard for me to, to turn it off. I'm trying more to, to yeah. set the notifications to stop notifying at a certain time at night and, yeah. and in the mornings. Um, but, uh, you know, the, there's, there's a ton of positives. Like I say, you know, watching a guy kill his, you know, first elk or seeing the pictures of it, um, seeing, you know, little kids, you know, shoot their first arrows or women and wives shoot their first arrows, you know, just in the range there. And, um, you know, having the control, like I can shut the door and go hunt. It just affects the pockets, but yeah, um, I was I was you answered that earlier, but I was curious on how much time you get out, like throughout. You know, yeah, I pretty much I I've told myself this isn't worth it if it it consumes every part of my life, and so 
no matter what, I'm going to take, you know, whether or not I get somebody to work the shop or not work the shop, but I'm going to take, you know, two weeks, at least two weeks to go hunt elk. Um, definitely, I wish I could go the first week, but I, I just, you know, I draw the line. I'll put everybody else first, yeah. you know, make sure everybody else is taken care of. And then the last two weeks, it's kind of like, I did all I could do. I yeah. got to go. And and I think, you know, for the most part, everybody understands that. I mean, right. you know, I mean, how many, why would you own an archery shop if you don't enjoy right. hunting elk? Because mm-hmm. yeah. it ain't for the money. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Does it seem uh, to slow yeah. down once the season starts? Yeah, I mean, it does. But, you know, so but you still feel bad about the people that are in there usually are emergencies. You know? mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, sure. Oh, God, I ran my bow over. Um, right. I left my bow in the truck and somebody broke in and stole it. Um, Cut my string or brought it. Or yeah, like those those type of things. And, and that's where definitely making strings, you know, is a is a reward knowing that, you know, that last minute emergency, you know, I can get a guy going without having to order strings and waiting four days or three days or mm-hmm. week and a half. Depends on where we order from. But... I, you know, so I think definitely the the good outweigh the bad. Um, so, well, and you know, one thing uh, I think probably every archery shop, especially archery only shop across America, America, uh, what they struggle with is probably finding good help um, because it's so seasonal. Um, you know, in most places anyway, you have a giant spike in June, July, August, September, um, and then uh, maybe another spike in, you know, in, you know, around Christmas when the new models come yeah, out and, and you have some target shooting. But every, you know, how do you I've kind of found that really our slowest time is, you know, September, October. And then, yeah. you know, PSEOZ releases October 1, and then every boat manufacturer starts it seems like every two weeks somebody's yeah. pretty much releasing bows. So, mm-hmm. you know, that November, you know, guys are starting to see new bows in the catalogs or on internet and kind of sparking some interest. Uh, Washington has a late season, so that kind of gets a little bit of stuff going. Then you fall right into Christmas. Then then you fall into tax returns and yeah. sportsman shows. And then, uh, then you've got tag results. And then it's, oh, crap, hunting starting. And here right. we go. So it's it it's starting. To, it's a it's actually a staying busy almost the entire year now. Yeah. Uh, but yet um, finding the right help um, is tough because it's it's more than just a text knowledge. It's it's the whole big picture. It's you know they've got to have good customer service skills. They've got to have. Um, you know, good morals and values and, um, the, the technical stuff can be learned, you know? Um, so like, you know, if I was looking to hire somebody, the technical side of it would be probably my least part because I, I can teach that. Um, and, but I don't know if you can really teach people customer service skills. I think people just have it or they don't have it, you know? And dealing with the public, some people just are not made to to deal with the public, and other people are, and um, so. Well, and deal with all uh, all aspects of the public. Um, you know, uh, I think 
archery shops. There's, it seems like there's a new wave, um, you know, younger generation, obviously we get continue to grow with the sport that, um, is getting much more balanced and more customer service oriented because gone are the days. And, and I think archery shops have always kind of got painted with that brush with the old regime as, you know, very intimidating places to go because it was very male oriented, you know, and, and, you know, it was a boys club and guys went in there and they hung out. It was a coffee clutch type of thing where it was more expensive. Yeah. But also, I mean, you know, you didn't have, you're very aware of your competition you know, you know that people don't have to buy from you mm-hmm. where, you know, 20 years ago, you know, online sales were just starting, you know, and big boxes were not the powerhouses they are now, but now it's like, you know, so I think you had, um, combined with that kind of ultra ego, you know, macho aura that went along with an archery shop. They also had the fact that you're like, well, I can be a dick. You know, I I can sell to my boys. I can be who I want to be because where else are you going to go and buy a bow? Exactly. You got to buy it here. I have, and at that time there was, you know, maybe three or four manufacturers that were making quality products. And so it's like, if you own those, it's like you, you own the market. Mm -hmm. Now, if I go into triple X archery and I don't like the customer experience I had, I can probably drive not too far and find another shop, but I also can go on my phone while I'm in your shop and buy a bow from Mm -hmm. someone else. Yeah. You know, so it's. No, it's a different it's, landscape. It is, you know, it, um, the, you know, the, I, I would say the compliments or what I hear why people at, drive four or five hours to my store is the customer service and the knowledge. Uh, customer service always being number one, and then the knowledge is being two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's it's not about price, you know. And on the for the most part, I mean, everybody's the price part's really not there. Mm-hmm. It's everybody pretty much sells for yeah. the same type of stuff, and it's you know. So it, it comes down to honestly, it does come down to customer service and then knowledge, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but and the free back rubs for every boat purchase. That's right. Yes, deep yes. tissue. I thought about coming up and buying a couple (laughs) for two back rubs. What else do you, uh, you sell bows, arrows, all the goodies that go with it. What else do you sell? Uh, I sell Kafaro packs. um, Backpacks? Backpacks. um, What else do I sell? Broadheads, arrows, releases. Boots, clothes, anything like that? No boots. A little bit of clothing. Uh, Those are just tough. Yeah. Uh, things with a bunch of sizes and colors. Yeah. A lot of money. Yeah. Well, and people probably <laughs> come, people come to you for a reason, and that's to buy a bow. Yeah. Right? I mean. You got a techno hunt now, right? Got a techno hunt. Yeah. Well, you do some optics too, don't you? Yeah, I do a little bit vortex. of vortex. Excuse me. A little bit of vortex stuff. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, the... Arrows is is a big one for me. Yeah. I do a lot of a lot of black eagle arrows. Um, so on the on the on the same you know side of the coin is customer service. As far as are you a lot? I mean, with all the different manufacturers out there now, um, mm-hmm. be it arrows or releases or drop away rest, whatever. Are you finding yourself you can be quite a bit more picky 
um, with who you want to do business with and who you want to sell, you know, be it margins are the same and quality yeah. is the same. Yeah. I mean, I definitely deal with companies that I believe in mm -hmm. um, and um, that I have relationships with, definitely. Yeah. You know, um, There's a lot of good product out there, but it's kind of that same token. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, for the most part, all that stuff that I sell, there's a friendship along with a business um, relationship. So, um, and definitely there's a few products that are definitely deeper than others uh, as far as that friendship part. Uh, you know, and it, it come, coming from such a small store, and still kind of having that small store atmosphere that that goes a long ways of knowing when an owner calls up and knows my name and not my ID number. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is is pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Is this O R two zero three five? Yeah. Speaking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, at least you know my yes. number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. But yeah, it's um, yeah, I, I I definitely like dealing with with you know certain certain groups of people, you know, just they're good people. So, and they make good products. Yes. So I've gotten you know, and that's I think that's probably one of the other benefits is you know all the people that you meet, you know, across the country, you know, through the industry. Um, you know, you get to go to the trade shows and see people and keep in contact. And yeah. it is, it's a, it's a fun community. It's, it's a small community when you really look at it and you do go to the trade shows and you're like, Oh, I know that guy and that guy and that guy and that gal and that couple. And I know the name of their kids and their dog. And, you know, then you fly to, you know, Vegas and you, see the same people and yeah <laughs> you get in the chat rooms and you get yeah. to see the same people but it, so. you know i've got you know quite a few of my manufacturers you know they just call up just to chit chat not yeah. to to sell products but just yeah. to see what cory miller's doing and vice versa yeah. you know um and that's nice so from uh you know you you've been shooting a long time and you've i know you said even though you're your target side has kind of cooled off a little bit. Uh, what do you see, um, you know, as far as tips and advice you can give shooters, whether they're seasoned or, you know, just starting? I mean, what do you see that people struggle with the most with archery? Is it, you know, target panic? Is it uh, judging distance? Is it, you know, I, you know um, probably target panic and just actually, honestly, lack of practice. Explain um, target panic. Like, how would you explain target panic? Because I know how I perceive target panic, but I th think it could be different for from some other people. Yeah. I mean, to me, the, the meat and potatoes of it is the fear of missing, the fear. Um, so what happens? Um, typically lock low. Uh, most people will end up locking below the target. Um, so that means they're 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 pulled back. They're bringing. They generally start below the target. And they're anchored. Nah, and it they, not necessarily how they they start their target because a lot of people can you know even for me you know when when I have a fear 
of missing out the top. Stupid, weird. But yeah. I'll, I'll come in from the top. I'll come in from the bottom. I'll come. I'm pretty much on target when I hit anchor. Yeah. And I like to be out of the bottom, and I like to sag in the bottom. That's my comfort spot is sitting in the bottom of the dots because I'm scared to miss out the top. It's When you say you're scared to miss out the top, does that mean like you're scared to like airball, like straight up? Like, no. Or just, just, just I, miss I, high? Just, I, do, I don't know. Going if, from if a 12 you, to a 10 or 12 to 10 to an 8, yeah, just and if you, you can look at all my targets on the wall, and every one of them will have a just caught at 6 o'clock. Yeah. It will be a rare deal that you will ever see an arrow high on me. Every arrow, if I ever miss, it will be 6 o'clock. Um, I just, I like to hold low. Um, and then usually my misses are a, a dip bang. The bow dips out and shot will break. Um, but it's it's a release thing that that cures me from from the anxiety of shooting an arrow. Um, there's, you know, what's causing it. Uh, a lot of people don't get it because they actually don't really aim much. <laughs> you know, they just kind of come up and shoot yeah, it. Yeah. Um, where most people start getting it is when they start getting introduced to target archery. Where yeah. they, there's a dot, and then they start trying harder than they than making it as simple as it can be. Put the pin on there, squeeze the trigger. It's how simple it is, but we get in the way. Uh, so they they try they start trying too hard, and um, I think another big key is release aids being way too soft, way too fast. Um, and that's usually because they're used to just slapping at the release. So they just, man, it's just, I, I just barely have to touch it and it goes off. Well, that's great until it starts to matter and you try, try, try to aim. And, and then what happens is a shot breaks really fast before you were ready. And then you got scared like, oh, shoot. Whew. And so the next thing you know, you're sneaking on the release and then you're like, whoa. Not yet, not now. And then you're you're hammering at the release. You're not touching that release because you know if I touch it, it's going to fire. Well, I'm not on the dot yet, so I don't want to touch the release. So you're constantly battling this thing that's going through your brain. Um, when physically you have all the attributes, you can do it. It's not, it's nothing physically. Like you said, it's all in your head. It's all in your it's head. It's all in your head. It's all in your head. And for me, I get panic when I have control of a button, uh, of a release aid, whether it not be an index finger or a thumb, I have control of, of making either one of those things fire. And so... When your brain says, shoot, you can do it. I get anxiety. Yeah. And um, if I'm relaxed by myself, I can, I can break really good shots. But then as soon as it matters or in a competition or somebody's watching, it, it's, it, it creeps back in. And once it starts, I can't stop it. Where I shoot a hinge for target stuff, I don't ever get anxiety. I do like to s still. I like to s to aim low in the dot. It just it's where my brain relaxes and the and the pin stops moving. If it's weird because if I come up and I'm in the middle of the dot, I instantly want to get it out of the dot and get to the bottom. And and it's it's like it scares me to see it in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It is so, I mean, Nate, do you ever uh, experience uh, old TP? Um, no, actually, I don't, it's really nothing I've dealt with. Or you, you keep talking about it until 
he gets some. Yeah, so. he'll, yeah. Get, he'll get on, he'll get <laughs> yeah. on you. Yeah. That's, that's when you start talking I mean, about it. That's yeah, it jumps yeah. like a spider monkey. Yeah. I, I do tend to punch the trigger a fair bit. I don't think it's necessarily because of target, target panic. Mm-hmm. I just... Just plenty. Probably. Yeah. There's yeah, there's twitchy, your, it's your twitchy nature. <laughs> yeah. But there's definitely people that can just put a pin on there and just hold it and just go... And, yeah. and it's not I've a big deal. I've seen phenomenal target uh, or uh, trigger punchers, mm-hmm. you know, that, that shoot very, very well. I was one of them for a while. But I, I mean, I'm, we'll be at tournaments and we'll see new people and just be going, oh, my God, is that guy just hammering that trigger? Yeah. <laughs> He's shooting good. <clears throat> for a while, it's going to catch him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you just keep thinking, I wonder if today's the day, but oh, yeah. it, it will. It seems like, you know. So how do you it, it break it up. when you get a spell? Because people go in and out of it. People get bouts of it and they cure it and they get you quit back into it. That's how <laughs> yeah. you, you quit archery. They go yeah. fishing for a while. Um, <laughs> you and this it it's it's either you you learn to somewhat deal with it or you quit um, or you spend a ton of time practicing, truly practicing and breaking. It, and it's it's a long hard process, um, and so the problem is 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 a lot of people don't want to put in the the effort. And it's like for me, I I know if I put in the effort, I could learn to shoot a button, but I don't want to put in the time. I don't feel like I need to put in the time because <laughs> I shoot a hinge too well. It's like bastard. I just don't yeah. need to. Yeah. I don't. What do you shoot hunting? I yeah. shoot a I shoot a uh, regular index, hmm. and the reason is Do you I, hammer it. You bet, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the reason. Yeah. Um, I wish you know I could shoot a hinge hunting. I wish I could mentally just. So go, real quick, God. just for the people that are listening, just real quick, explain hinge button index. Um, so an index finger <clears throat> is typically your wrist strap release. What most and, people shoot. And, yeah, most people will shoot, and you have Easy. a trigger that you use with your index finger. A button is a handheld with a thumb trigger. Usually a three or four finger pull. Yep, two, three, four finger. Um, what most people will say is a back tension um, is a hinge, which is has no trigger. It's all on a rotation. Um Back tension is not a, a release. Back tension is a form of shooting, and, and all three of those triggers are sh- supposed to be shot the same way with your back. Your back is, you know, you're supposed to be able to hook into your trigger and just pull through that trigger with your index, pull through it with your thumb, or pull through it with your whole hand. Um, so th- they're all shot the same way. Um, and so a lot of people will think, well, God, you know, I've been slapping the trigger, you know, and I, I need to get a, I need to get one of those handheld ones. And, and, uh, you know, I probably flat out tell you, if you're punching here, you're going to punch it here. Yeah. And, and then once you learn to punch it here with the hinge, yeah, you'll do it that y- way. You too. might as well stop shooting. Yeah. Cause it's, it's when you've ran out of different releases to, to help stop it. Yeah. Band-aids. Yeah. I mean, I learned how to punch a thumb and I learned how to punch an index uh, I have not learned how. I know how. I know what would make it happen, but <laughs> I have not learned how to actually shoot it that way. And so that's why I still shoot a hinge, and that's why I refuse to ever hunt with a hinge mm-hmm. because I will learn really fast how to punch one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to ever learn how to punch it. 
because hunting, there's times where you just definitely have to command it. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. That animal's walking, and it's I, it's a now shot. Right. So, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. So for me, my biggest effort is sighting my bow in. Mm-hmm. So I sight my bow in usually with a hinge. I get all my my speed tapes, all my yardage marks, everything's all done off a hinge, mm-hmm. and then I just punch my hunting. Yeah. I don't think you're punch alone. Punch my tag and punch my hunt. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I think you're alone on that one for sure. Um, so I remember I had, growing up, I had a really bad case of, of target panic. And same thing, I'd freeze low. I'd freeze low. And if you're listening, I mean, I'd, just, I'd get to the pin to the bottom of the deer, you know, or target, whatever I was shooting at. And uh, not as bad on live animals, probably because I wasn't, wasn't, I wasn't thinking about it as much. But... Um, yeah, I mean, you get, it's so bad that you, I mean, I would, I would jerk my bow up into the, to the zone. Mm-hmm. And again, as soon as you saw high, well, you just let her, and I just, a good, a good telltale sign is, do I have panic? Draw back, keep your finger behind the trigger. See how good you aim. You'll oh, yeah. aim, you'll aim like a tank. Amazing. As soon as you bring Put that your finger, finger on front. the trigger, see yeah. how good you aim. Yeah. Um, I had target panic so bad. So, like, is it next weekend is Reading, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the biggest tournament around. It seems like uh, it's a marked yardage 3D tournament. I think we've all been there. It's orange dots, marked yardage. So, there's no guessing the yardage. Mm-hmm. I had target panic so bad that I had to look at the animal and figure how high from the armpit was the dot. Really? And so if it was a 40-yard target and I'm looking at it, I'm going to have to add seven yards, and I would aim in the armpit and shoot shoot the shot. Because you could not, you could I not could physically not bring... physically see that dot in my scope. I would freak out. And so, <laughs> so I had weird. to aim almost in the dirt. I'd have to just kind of aim at the armpit. And wow. It was... Yeah. Why I didn't ever quit is beyond me. For um, what it's worth... Uh, there was a, the dealer I went to, uh, when I was a kid, uh, archery, I don't even remember the name of the shop, but, uh, great, great dealer. And he, he had me stand five feet away from this target. And he just said, you know, close your eyes. He said, just pull back your bow. He's like, don't worry about aiming, close your eyes. And I could do everything mechanically just right. I mean, I would squeeze with my back and I could do everything as soon as I would bring my, my eyes, my sight into it, you know, that's where I would have issues. But I mean, I, I went in there for a couple of weeks straight where I, I would just shoot at his target at five feet and I would never open my eyes until I got that repetition down over and over and but over. See, the and problem, over. the problem with that is the good and the bad with that. The good part is, is it's teaching you how to execute the release, mm-hmm. but it's not fixing the problem. Well, it fixed it for me, but well, it usually time. fixes it until you open your eyes and then you see the pin move, and then you're you like, know, "Holy I, shit!" I don't know what it was the pin because move. it did, it did help. It helped a lot, um, and I think it it was just because it, it started to become second nature to do it that way. But so what I I yeah. try and teach people is definitely shoot with your eyes closed for a few shots. If you're learning a brand new release. Definitely shoot longer, shoot, you know, a, a month or whatever of eyes closed. Just learn how that trigger breaks. You know, how much tension am I pulling into this thing and boom, getting the shot to break. But then 
shooting up close, up close at a dot. Put the pin in there. You've got to tell your mind it's okay to put the pin on the dot. It's okay to see the pin move. It's okay to squeeze while it's moving. Yeah. That's all okay. And so you have to train your brain to see that sight picture and say it's okay. Mm. And it's just like me. For me, my comfort is seeing my dot at the bottom of the dot. That's my comfort zone. It's just what I like to see. I don't like to see it in the middle. It scares me. Um, so, but you have to train your mind that it's okay. Yeah. So that's how I kind of got over mine is doing that technique. And I started up close and. Cause you had a bad. Oh, not too buddy. long ago. Oh buddy. <laughs> yeah. It came out of nowhere like a spider monkey, like you said. And, uh, and I, you were, <laughs> oh man, it was, it was, it was so bad. Like. I couldn't even shoot next to you. Oh, it was just bad. It's creeping me out. Tremors. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. You know, the guy would cave. Oh, I'd collapse. Just like, yeah. oh, man. Well, and, that was uh, the other thing is like you get, yeah, so, I mean, we all know, you, but you, 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 you your mind, your mind shot the arrow, but it didn't yeah, go anywhere. Yeah. And then you, as soon as your hand, your finger touched the trigger, so you'd, I'd, I'd you'd work come back, off. I'd work back to like 15, okay, 15 yards, 20 yards, and then I'd tell myself, okay, 20 yards for some reason mentally, that's, that's the red zone. Like an arrow's. Something's gonna die at 20 yards, right? So I'd be there at 20 yards in the rain, in the range, and I'd tell myself, "All right, come to full draw, hold this bow, hold the bow for 10, 15 seconds, and just keep your finger on the trigger, not behind the trigger, because it's totally different when you have your finger on the trigger, and just hold that dot or hold your pin in the dot for as long as you can. Don't shoot the bow." I couldn't, I couldn't go like longer than 10 seconds. That bow was going off. I mean, that was the toughest thing for me to learn to keep that pin there, have it move and then let the bow down, you know, to the point where I got tired. No, I'd shoot it. I'd shoot it like 50% of the time <laughs> just cause I couldn't, you know, that, that dog would be floating. You'd try to time it and yeah, yeah, it was a mess. It's an hmm. amazing. I'm looking forward to it's this a mental at some point. Really, yeah. you're gonna get it. I guarantee you, you'll yeah. get it. It's like motion sickness. Go, like I never just had, go I never shooting any... a bunch of indoor leagues and yeah, yeah. That's probably why I haven't and, and, experienced and, and it much because I put all your shot on much shooting a 300 and you'll have it. Yeah, that'd be a good. Oh, I imagine. So. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. What's that? But oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, no, but no, you go ahead. No, we, we have a would you? We have a would you rather segment every podcast, and this would target panic would be a good. A good yeah. option. We'll bring it up. For the future. I already feel like we've rattled them enough. I can see he's already got the shakes and, and the yeah. cold sweats <laughs> from thinking about well, it. Well, see, and I've been, I've been shooting a... Uh, uh, so glad we brought it up. <laughs> I've been shooting a recurve. I don't even like talking about it. I, I really know. Don't. I've been shooting it's a recurve, all. and I had a, had a... It which shall not be named. <laughs> I, I had a guy come in, um, and he's uh, got an Olympic-style recurve, and I... Watching that clicker just gave me panic. Oh yeah, it's like so he. I, I really yeah. I would really like to shoot like Olympic style recurve. Like I'd like to see how I could do and see it, it looks kind of fun, but that clicker screams target panic to me. Yeah. If you well, know what a clicker, what that so is. the clicker is, um, it is basically a little wire that comes over the the arrow. So as you draw <clears> the bow, as you keep drawing, it goes. And it falls off that arrow, it goes click. Well, when it falls off there and goes click, you let go. 
So it's just basically instead of your mind saying now, that damn thing saying now. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it's just screaming. Keeps you aiming. Yeah. So what, what, so you're supposed same, to pull same, and you pull, 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 pull to the every time. yeah exactly same draw line because right. on a recurve. Yeah. Every bit you draw is the right. same poundage. You know, the poundage just keeps going up, so you get highs and lows, and, and it keeps you Dude, pulling through your shot. But for, yeah. me. for me to sit there mm-hmm. and just, it'd be like somebody standing right next to me going, now! No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it just, I just watched him shoot one arrow, and I was like, gave me, gave me the wibbies. Yeah. So, but I've been shooting the, the recurve, so there's no, no clicker, no sight, no. It's been kind of fun. Yeah. Well, we've all kind of went back to that. You know, we've all shot recurves more and more in the last 24 months, it seems like. Just a lot of it was because it was just something new and it was fun again. And it was like, you know, I enjoyed shooting knowing that, you know, I suck. I suck bad at this, you know, or like I'm, I'm, I'll have a good day and I'll have, you know, some times where I'm shooting three, four arrows where I wanted. And then I'm, I'm completely missing, like, I'm not missing the dot. I'm missing the animal, Yeah, which is cool because that's, I don't know. It just was refreshing. It's really kind of like, for me, it's like, boom, I shoot an X. I'm like, boom, I shoot an X. Grab a recurve and it's like, when when one goes in the middle, it's like, oh, that felt so good. That was so good. You shoot a compound, bunk in the middle, bunk in the middle. It's like, oh, it's out of the middle. Oh, this stupid thing. So there it's like I can accept some of the misses, except for when I'm like, I'll be stacking arrows and it's like two feet. Yeah. But I'm at a really disadvantage because I'm left-eye dominant. And shoot right-handed. Shoot, and I shoot right-handed. So yeah. shooting a compound bow with a peep sight and a, and a sight where I can close my eye and just burn through there, it's fine. But shooting a traditional bow and... I go over. Well, I just, I go, I go cross-eyed. It's yeah. like, it's, it's weird. And, and I've tried like closing the eye and it just feels like it, it tunnels up so much. I just feel weird. Um... So I, I really have to focus so hard on a dot. It, and, but it's cool when you're just staring right at it and you let go and it goes right where you're, you were looking. Yeah. And then the next time it goes three feet away. <laughs> Hand bone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nate, you got any questions for, for, for Corey? We didn't, we didn't get out other than the would you rather? No, I don't think so. You want to take him, uh, take him on that adventure real quick? Would you the, rather? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking belts, belt strap versus poison yeah. oak. Yeah, so we were talking about the would you rather. If you're on, a, say, a seven-day hunt in the backcountry, would you rather have your waist strap break on your pack? On your kufaru pack. On the hike-in. So you gotta, you got to spend the whole hunt happens. with no waist, waist strap. Mm-hmm. Or have a bad poison oak outbreak that you're dealing with the entire hunt. Your strap's still working on your pack, but that's mm-hmm. right where your poison oak outbreak is. So that strap's just rubbing and it's a rubbing it raw. Yep. Okay. The, yeah. I'll you got you got oak all over your okay. grindage. Okay, I'll be it's <laughs> I'll be cocky. <laughs> and I'll take the poison oak because I'm probably only gonna be there for two days. And that's not how, this, <laughs> that's not how this works. <laughs> uh, 
Well, it'd be nice if it worked like that. But you're, uh, you are, okay. you are staying you are. in the bush oh, okay. with right. your So with you your kill your bull yeah. on the second day. Yeah. You got to hunt with the rest of us. Bobby obviously <laughs> needs some help. Okay. There, so. so, um. I mean, weird. Abby has poison oak all over his hands. <laughs> which is <laughs> Might be some correlation. Oh, <laughs> uh, we can't go into town yeah. like this, guys. <laughs> that, that reminds me when uh, when Dustin worked at the store, we had a telemarketer call about human growth cream. <laughs> Deer oh. spray. Yeah, and it was a cream, and, and yeah. Dustin's talking to the person like, well, so if I put that on my hand and I rub it on myself will I have a big hand? <laughs> and they're like well, well no he goes oh well I've always wanted like a really big hand <laughs> just one big hand slightly bigger than the other one yeah. but um, gosh I would I would probably take the poison oak honestly Mainly because I don't get poison oak, so I don't know really how bad it, it can be. But I do know how bad a pack out can be. So um, I'd take the poison oak. Yeah. Nader? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would too. I've had poison oak really bad. <laughs> a couple times bad enough. It gets on my face. Well, this more when I was younger. Didn't know any better to not itch and scratch and spread it everywhere. But I've had my eyes swole shut. A couple different times Oof. with that stuff. It's yuck. I I look at it and it sp- starts to spread. But that being said, I'd still take the oak over the busted waist strap. How yeah. far in are we? How far? How far did we Five stay? miles. Five sure. miles. Yeah. But you're, I mean, you're walking miles oh, every shit. day. You're big. Just carry it. Yeah. No yeah. Doubt. yeah. Well, that's, that's what I'm kind of, I mean, you know. Most Standard waist straps don't really fit you anyway, do they? Well, I've broken, I've broken two, <laughs> just over the last couple of years. You need that as no belt, fault of the pack. Seatbelt extender, <laughs> no fault of the pack. Um, yeah, that's that's the other thing. The guy that we were hunting with, Jake, from Wisconsin. Not me, for people. Yeah, the other Even Jake from Wisconsin and State Farm. He did have khakis, but <laughs> he sounds hideous. his pack. <laughs> Had a ratchet strap, really, oh for a waist gosh. belt. Yeah, because it broke. So he has wow. one of those wow. <laughs> <laughs> the clickers. Yeah, it was. Oh. Uh, that sounds real comfortable. Yeah, I, I think he was. Dude, I'd take that. He would have. He would have definitely taken the poison oak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Five miles for seven days. Yeah, and you get it on your first day. Yeah, you have oak the whole time. Yeah, or you're you're in your belt. Yeah belt broke on the first day too because you fell into the poison oak when the belt broke yeah huh that's pretty miserable because if you get that you probably don't have anything to suppress it you're just sweating yeah you have you have most no likely you don't have hydrocodone or uh yeah dude i'm i'm gonna rough it with i'm gonna break a see your pack and... is totally not prepared um, I have calamine. No, but I have Vicodin. <laughs> some kind of painkiller, something in there in I, case uh, something happens. I will have if it's the if it's like the first like big hunt. There will be some chafing cream in there. Yeah, there's always some chafing cream. All right, and then some other stuff, but not but not the stuff for oak. Oak Cherry is flavored. Yeah. There's very yeah <laughs> chafing cream. Yeah. 
Not for Depends on where you're up. hunting, though. I mean, yeah. Yeah. what are you going to do? Uh, if, if you know there's oak in there, I'd be taking it. Well, if, if, if it's you, if you're lucky to get five miles in. There's normally a bull dead by then. True. And I've usually found oak at that point, too, which <laughs> I just... <laughs> today, we... We we met up and John's like uh, John's like oh looks like you got some sun on the back of your neck I'm like no no just had a pretty bad outbreak of poison oak and uh, been itching it and running it under extremely hot water for the last five days so it's I think my skin just so does it itch oh dude it's oak it's, yeah yeah it's bad I mean yeah. I I've, I don't really know so. if I've really yeah. honestly ever had it if some it's people been, don't get it I'm itching period. right now you just know what thinking it looks like about that, it. Right? I got poison. See that, no, see that the, right there? The I know that's not much, but it's. Uh, I got. I guess get right there. That's that's poison oak. I know it's very little, but it. Go rub it on his face. <laughs> I think Please don't. I think it's expiration <laughs> days past. Uh, I'm gonna take as much as I. Just, I've almost come to grips with living with poison oak. <laughs> I will take the oak over the, the the belt. I gotta have my belt, man. I'd rather have a belt and no, shoulder straps. Almost. It's all belt. It's mm. all about the belt. No straps. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> so. That's a good one. Well, cool. This has I, been. I was expecting John to put that to the uh, all about the bass song. Oh, all about yeah. the bass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I was going. But uh, <laughs> um, what'd you learn? Uh, what did I learn? I learned that uh, Corey Miller still um, gets pretty worked up even talking about Target Panic. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned that. That's what I learned. Um, and guy's a phenomenal bow mechanic, and I'm really looking forward to my new G strings that he's going to build for my bow this year. So that is the name of your string company. That is yep. G strings. Just for all of you out there, he's not giving me a G string. <laughs> <laughs> Great name for a string. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, that's what I learned. Uh, What'd you learn, Johnny? Oh me? Yeah, right back. At oh, you. sorry. It's uh, a bounce back. Uh, I learned that. Uh, let me see here. What did I learn? I learned that Triple uh, X um, received numerous awards over the last uh, three to five years for being the uh, Northwest's largest cherry lube dealer. <laughs> Edible lube? Yes. Edible, Edible lube. lube. Fantastic. Yep. Um, he took congratulations. We were sold out. Yeah. <laughs> congratulations. Why didn't you ask me first? That was mine. That was yours? Yeah. All right. Corey, what do you think about uh, Corey? What'd you learn? I, I learned that I have a lot to look forward to in developing Target Panic yes. at some yes. point. Yes, enjoy it. So It's a hell of a journey. Yeah. Oh, Hopefully so that bad. doesn't occur at Reading next weekend. Well, we haven't even set but, up our bows, so I'm sure you don't have time to get even get Target yeah, Panic. That's true. Yeah. Expectations are low. That should help. Yeah. <laughs> Did you learn anything, Corey? Yeah. Um, I learned I like to run. <laughs> you like to run. Yeah. <laughs> we learned yeah. that as well. I learned yeah. that tar- or, um, um, poison oak is itchy. It's a bitch. It's a, I'm not sure why it exists, period. To torture it's, us. Yeah. Do animals get it? No, no but animals carry it. They carry, it's just an they carry the oil. Uh, so if you're. You shoot a, a nice uh, early season blacktail, and you know your your elbows deep in it, and you're you're dressing it. Make they sure have you a, clean you it. You know, I suppose it's, it's all over in Reading. You know, at the tournament, everybody talks about it. Oh, yeah. don't go pee in the yeah. brush. There. Wow, right? Oh yeah, but I've never. Oh, that's a good thing. 
you you would you want to keep that streak going. Trust me. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm I'm allergic to the sun. So. Really? Yeah. You break out? No, I don't break out. It, it surprises just, me with your. Um, with my. Tan. Yeah. Yeah. Complexion. Well, that's that's actually ink. It's not. Yeah. The right. Pigment. <laughs> All right. Um, so we'll close up shop, but we'll maybe we'll edit this out. Um, you got a lot of uh, and. We'll, well, you got a lot of ink, a lot of tattoos. What you got any meaning behind them, or just what's the what's the is that the devil? That's the third eye. <laughs> the devil? <laughs> is that <laughs> Satan? <laughs> Lucifer. <laughs> that means that means it's not good if you don't know what it is. No, uh, it's yeah. his favorite band. Yeah. Third eye blind. Third Eye Blind? No, Tool. I wish yeah. you... Oh. Tool. Much better oh, band. Nice. Tool. The Third Eye. That's some more artwork from Tool. Oh, yeah. I like that oh, one. Buddy. What is that one? So you got on your arm, you got a... It's a dagger? Yeah, it's kind oh, of a skeleton oh. dagger. No, that's, that's a perfect circle. That's not Tool. No, that's Tool. That's, that, that other one's perfect circle, too. This one? Yeah. No. No, it's not. It's per, it's, that's, that's the Third ludicrous. Eye. <laughs> not the rapper. <laughs> Todd has a... Uh, his ringtone is Tool. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, you know, yeah. obviously there's some I remember correlation the first time there with Perfect Circle. Yeah. yeah. I mess with them all there's, the time. There's three bands. Right. What's, uh, what's the other what's one? The other one? What's the other one? Uh, Come, on. Uh, Come on. Come on. What's the other one? Pussifer. Ah, you think she did her? Oh, sorry. I thought you were... <laughs> it was directed at the table. It was a team. It was a team effort. Score. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> team Crave. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, anytime his, his Tool ringtone goes off, I'm like, ah, oh, Perfect Circle. <laughs> he's just to piss him off. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, it's good band. Yeah, he called me down to the pro shop one day to help me troubleshoot his computer because it wouldn't it wouldn't buy the tickets uh, fast enough for the tool show. JavaScript, yep, messed up. That was a new no. That was game. just because the tickets were selling that fast. Oh, really? Like, there's no there's no problem with it, Todd. It's just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the site's busy. There's a lot yeah. of other people that want to go to this show too. Uh, that was what two years ago? <laughs> Last year? Two years ago? Yeah, it's yeah been about a while. Then. It's been yeah. a long time. Because you saw them up here in Portland. Yeah. yeah. And, I've seen too. I've seen Pussifer more than than Tool. I've seen I think I've seen Tool twice, a Perfect Circle once, and and uh, Pussifer I think four times now. Really? I'd rather see Pussifer. Oh. I, in a way, just because it's 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 more always in a small venue. It's more intimate. It's more about uh, there's more of a of a show going on. It's yeah. pretty cool. Um, the Tool. You're just gonna kind of go there and just kind of zone out and just hear the music. It's yeah. you know and that's you know Maynard Dozy Heights, so you're not gonna go see a show. You're gonna you're you're there for to hear it. Um, so the where Pussifer, you kind of get the whole thing. You get everything. So. Sweet. Yeah. All right. So we'll come back in here. But um, yeah, it was. Um, I, I get allergic to the sun, so it, it's it's not like a breakout, but it's where, and it's mainly it's only like if my back gets burnt. Mm. So when my back gets burnt, it just it feels like little needles, mm. like poking, and so it's like it itches. And if you scratch it once, then you're done. And then it just it it just itches. And it itches so bad to where I've actually hallucinated. Mm, um, yeah, really? It's it's brutal. Um, you know, I'd go stand in cold showers and um, pretty much just had to go to the hospital and just get on steroids and mm. um, painkillers. Yeah. So it's dude. That sounds yeah. horrible. That's worse than poison oak. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad. 
Uh, yeah, poison yeah. was not that bad. Yeah, no, yeah. it's it's mm. bad. We went to Hawaii and yeah. Oh really? Um, yeah. yeah, wife was mad. We were we went to Hawaii and I went out there swimming around, and got burnt. <laughs> went to the hospital, so I spent the next two days oh, hiring no. a kite on pain pillars and pain pills and <laughs> and steroids and just brutal, man. Yeah, it was brutal. bad. But I, I did actually was able to, this year was slowly go through a tanning bed and actually get a, a tan. Build up a tolerance? I did, I did. Um, <laughs> um, and was able to go to Mexico and actually went snorkeling and, yeah. and did stuff and didn't actually have a breakout. It doesn't matter if you put sunscreen on? No, I can put sunscreen oh, on, but I just didn't. Forget. But so most of the time, I'll just wear a shirt, yeah, and like if it's real sunny. Put that on. Um, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I don't really like to be without my shirt. Yeah. Or your hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah or my hat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if people want to find you, uh, find Triple X Archery. Uh, well, it depends if you're searching from work. Uh, if you're yeah. searching from work, you won't be able Images. to for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> they so have many. a block on X on the th- on the third one. On the third X. Yeah, UPS. Yeah. They can't even punch the address in. Yeah. So it's. Um, but yeah, you can um, Facebook XXX Archery um, or Corey Miller on on Facebook. I'm definitely a little bit more actively on the the Corey Miller page than I am on the Triple X page. Uh, Instagram too. I don't even know what my thing is on Instagram. If it's triple X archery or what? Are you pretty? Uh, you you welcome people asking you just general archery questions though, and that sort of thing, or um, only if you're gonna buy stuff, right? Nah, I, I, I'm not a <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a real good typer, so I would prefer phone calls because it's like ah oh, man, how do I explain this typing? Um, so yeah, phone calls aren't aren't bad. So they call the shop. Cool, cool. Or stop in. You're or stop in. in. Uh, Rainier, Rainier, Oregon. Put yeah. it in Oregon so we could save the sales tax. Yeah, exactly. So I live in Washington. So Cool, man. Um, well, this was a lot of fun. I learned a yeah. lot. Definitely. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah. And Thanks we, for putting us up. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for the... Uh, some more beers. Yes. Uh, the beers. <laughs> but no, we should... I was thinking we should, uh, we should come back up here and do something from your shop. You mm-hmm. know, a little more... Uh, Interactive, yeah. So shoot some techno hunt. Yeah, yeah, that'd be sure. fun. <clears throat> Nate we'll, can bring his dunk tank. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Nate's got a dunk tank. We'll uh, we'll get we'll you up there in that portable. white shirt you like. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nate will <laughs> shirt. Nate bring his, his uh, Nate will bring his finger tabs from Mr. June. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, we'll strike a pose. Cool man. Yeah. Uh, well, right as on. always, uh, check us out on Facebook at uh, just look for the Crave Podcast on Facebook. Like us, follow us. Uh, check out our other episodes also on Instagram, uh, the Crave Podcast. So, yeah, man, appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Corey.